0: Well, welcome to Q and A, Pastor Bruce. Uh, I am not Noah because I could once dunk, and so I know that's something that he has uh, been trying to do. So, uh, but no, I'm uh, Pat Russell, Malvern Christian Principal. Been here since August 2015 as a, as a churchgoer, member. I think shortly after that. Since when? So I'm going to take this off. Am I lap.
1: That's up to you. I, as long as we kind of we're we're trying to I keep our distance, so and I'm trying well. to keep my voice going this way. But yeah, so 2015. Principal we moved of up here. Mount Vernon Christian, Christian. School, a father of three, husband, and going here since 2015, you're saying? Yeah. Nice. So nice. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who's who's chatting and laughing and talking back there? Like they don't think the microphones are picking it up. I mean I want names. Okay.
0: So there's a couple questions that have come through. We're
1: so I am so happy with the analogy today. I just have to say. I it started as just I was gonna use it as one analogy in the message, and I had a message almost fully written on our daily debt based on you know living debt free and the debt he takes up. And I thought, oh the diaper, that's such a great picture of how like a like a parent. Uh, you still love the kid, but you want to deal with the dirty diaper. And so I, I wrote it in there and went, "Oh, that's such a great analogy. Love that analogy. Found a picture." Then I start going through the rest of my message that I've already written, and I get to the next point. And I go, "Oh, but you know what? This point would be made better with the diaper analogy because it also does this." And then, and then I, a little later, I'm not changing this whole message. And then I see the ending. Go, oh boy, the diaper thing would work good here. So I I, did, I ended up changing every piece in the message one at a time because the analogy, I, I just think is maybe the best analogy I have found Turns in 30 over. years yeah. for, for not only sinking into your head and being clear and simple and plain, but I think that's why God might have made the whole thing happen just to help us understand Him.
0: You know, it, it's interesting. So, what we're trying to do is Noah's phone is being texted; It's being forwarded to mine. So, what we thought would be one number coming up tends to be about... Uh, I have about seven different texts, so it's been. Uh, we'll navigate this as best we can, but okay, uh, okay. one of the ones um, I think kind a of A lot of grace. On, it's your first time. A lot I, of I grace. I, I appreciate that. Um, there's a there's a couple terms you use. I think uh, if you are a genuine child of God, and I think sometimes as we're dealing with uh, confessing our sin, mm-hmm. uh, you have beginner kind of baby Christians, mm-hmm. and you have uh, you know more adult Christians. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's one that came in, so I'll I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about that a genuine child of God, kind of that difference that as you were a baby Christian, kind of as you move through. When
1: I no, when I say genuine child of God, I mean uh, your faith is real. There's a just a lot of pretenders. When that scripture I read, be imitators mm-hmm. of of uh, the Lord, not imitations. Yeah. There's a lot of imitations. They're phony. Imitators are good. They're like you know the kid pretending to shave like dad. That's an imitator. Uh, and so when I say genuine child of God, I mean someone who has received salvation a hundred percent in their heart and mind, uh, knowing it's by God's grace alone, uh, through their faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross, and they're, they're walking it. You know, there's that whole thing about uh, you, the thing about practicing yeah. sin. There's people who call themselves a believer, and they've got no intention of stopping sinning. Yeah. Now those are not you don't see a lot of those. No. So I just rather than just say Christian, um, I like to say things like follower, genuine believer, because in my mind that just means hey, I'm talking to everyone in the room that really uh, wants to live their faith. Yeah sure don't mean we're perfect.
0: It just means that you know we have godly sorrow when we fail and we're trying to deal with it. I like the term child of God because I think if we consistently think of being in diapers and, and the stuff that we make, I think that's good. Uh, there is one comment here, are adult diapers like the spiritually mature becoming a child again? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Sure. Let's carry the
1: analogy <laughs> further because we're called to yeah. be a child of God. So yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, haven't gone through... Uh, a lot of scriptures in the last two weeks looking for this whole umbilical cord connection and this, you know, uh, feed on me and consume my body and blood. I am absolutely convinced that from uh, throughout the entire Old Testament, this, the stages of development are there and likened unto our walk with God. And so Paul in Galatians says, um, I labor over you uh, in birth until Christ is formed with you. And so it's like, he gives this wonderful picture of when you first come to the Lord, it's like conception yeah. and you're connected, but now you're formed in Christ. Okay. And once you're, you have a form, well, then you're, you come out of the womb and now you're a child of God and you're walking and you're learning and, to
0: walk, you're learning to eat. But then there comes a the point yeah. to
1: put away childish things. Yeah. And then Paul talks about, hey, be child, uh, don't be, be mature. Mm-hmm. Don't be children in your thinking and tossed and carried along by every whim of doctrine. You've got to grow up. Don't live on milk alone. You need to eat the meat. You need... And then it talks about uh, reproducing the fruit. The, he, uh, the Father gave us birth by the word of truth so that we might be the first fruits. And now be fruitful, multiply, and let's go out. But to add this on now, Paul does say, um, after he talks about being mature, he says, but... Be children in your innocence. Be children in your innocence and something else. Anybody? Cool. Text it in. Um, so, yeah, let's yeah. like it back then. That's like the adult that goes back in the diapers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, it, I <laughs> guess. it doesn't really work. And now yeah. that I hear myself say it, it doesn't work. <laughs>
0: um, if our daily bread is the word of truth that comes down from heaven, is sin the mess that we've made from it? Yes. That should have nourished us?
1: It, 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 see I love this I had this in the message and it just got too gross and and so I opted for more of the cutesies you know like are you sagging let him lift your sagging spirit (laughs) I had a great picture for that by the way and it was a little too gross there was (laughs) we had, had a lot of pictures that were too gross uh but they in another setting they're more they more perfectly drive in what our sin is like to God I mean it really makes the point um so when Jesus is talking about them not washing their hands, because they say, oh, they went and they've eaten the bread, and they even bring the bread. And they went to the market, they, they're eating the bread, but they're not washing their hands. And he goes, oh, my goodness. So when Jesus says, don't you know yet the stuff that goes in your mouth, goes in the stomach and out the back end, he's talking about the bread specifically, don't you know that that bread, you don't have to wash your hands because that bread goes in your mouth, that bread goes in your stomach, and then that bread comes out the other end. But that's not what's gross, Mm -hmm. he says. Um, It's the stuff in your heart that we already know is the true bread from heaven that comes down, and then that comes out of your mouth. And it can come out one of two ways. It can come out empowered by His Spirit and love and the fruit of the Spirit and, Mm -hmm. and be wonderful. Yeah. Or it can be grosser than that end because we've taken the true bread and we've made it gross. And we do that sometimes in our heart without speaking and sometimes our mouth lets everyone know what our heart is thinking. And he says, when you've, when you've become a child of God and you're feeding on my, my spirit and my word and then that comes out of your mouth, oh, that's what defiles you because you digested my word, but instead of it causing you to grow, it came out all stinky. Yeah.
0: It's interesting, we talk, I work with uh, youth a lot. We talk garbage in, garbage out. And uh, you know, sometimes with youth, it's easy to, uh, to say, hey, when you speak this way, that might be a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all know that in that heart condition, that's usually a sin condition. Uh, one of the things that uh, popped up, uh, so you talk about, uh, I always, Kind of When I, when I see this uh, generational sin, and scripture kind of talks a little bit about the, you know your father 's mm-hmm. sin and the father 's fathers for generation, uh, when you talk about God uh, throwing the diaper away and forgetting it because forgetting I think we struggle to forget sin more than obviously oh, God does. Good heavens, yes. And then at the same time, I always say, well, that's, you know, I, last name Russell, um, you know, we have the Russell, the, Russell's do it this way or that way. And sometimes we blame the sin <laughs> in our family on our family. Sure, sure. Or the sin in our, in our lives own on our life, family. One. Well, my family's always been. But so that idea yeah, my of Yeah, fam- my family's always held grudges.
1: Correct. That's the, that's the so-and-so side. And my mom would tell me that when I would hold a grudge. Oh, that's the so-and-so side of the family.
0: How, how do you work through with those, uh, with those people, like some of that um,
1: well, confession of it personally? It's, it's good to recognize it because that's our Achilles heel. Yeah. Yes, uh, generational sin is a real thing. God doesn't, you know, that whole thing about I visit it on, he's designed the whole system. Yeah. So it's not like God goes, oh, you know what, I'm going to make you sin the same way your great grandpa did. <laughs> it's like, no, I designed a perfect yeah. system. And in a perfect system, that holiness would just travel right down. And it would just visit itself. That one act would visit itself clear into your third, fourth generation. Your act. It would just carry. I designed it. But now you guys, look what you're doing with it. And so I don't hold, you know, he says, I don't hold your sins against them. They'll stand uh, for their own sin and uh, be accountable for their own sin. But it visits. It visits. And so we have to be very mindful of sin doesn't just affect ourselves. It's affecting generations that aren't even born yet uh, beyond us. And it's a great warning. Look at your family. What's your family's, what's your family's sins? You know, some families, they got a lot of alcoholism or they got this, that, and the other. One side of my family's grudges, boy, we just won't let that thing go. Um, you know, there's a family member that's, that's passed away now, a, a patriarch, that so many stories about uh, he held so many jobs because, boy, you know, this person did this and he couldn't work with them anymore. And so he just walked away from the successful thing and started another. Yeah. It's really good to know that because those things are visiting you yeah. just in every little way family members speak and act and talk. Yeah. Um, you know that some families are very positive and some families are very negative. Just know what your family is. That's what you're working with. That's what you're dealing with. Don't use it as an excuse.
0: So, text came in. Please elaborate on the God can't, uh, God can't bless if we don't confess. In, the, in <laughs> what context do you mean by bless? Okay. Bless as in bringing us wealth and health, etc. Or bless as in showing us how to consider our circumstances as good and enough and the depends on the Lord. Okay.
1: Understand that whenever I talk about God's blessing, I'm almost never, Talking about money and big houses. Uh, I know a lot of people, the whole peace and uh, prosperity thing, you know, yep. uh, name it and claim it and all that, it makes me a little ill. Um, the blessing of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self control, and I think I missed one there, but righteousness, it's being content. You know, it's all that, you look up the godly in the Bible and it tells you what, the, what a godly person looks like. You know, you can either be content with little or have much and not content. Well, I wouldn't say the guy that has much and not content is blessed. But I'd say the guy with little and is content, he's blessed. Because it's all about that peace that's in your heart, that effect that you're having on people around you, the love that you're able to bring in and, and give out. When I say blessing, I mean walking, becoming like God, walking in uh, faith with God, and seeing the effects of that around you. Jobs, money, houses, cars, that all stuff is peripheral. So like a dad playing with a kid with a dirty diaper, I don't wanna get close to you right now. I love you, but let's change that. If the kid, no, doesn't want to, well, we're not gonna get close and play until you let me deal with that diaper. And, and so, again, I think this is just a great analogy. And so when we have that sin, it's covered on the cross. And, and this analogy really helps us to understand the difference of these two things. You're a child. You were reborn. You're his kid. You're not going to not be his kid unless, whatever. We'll get into the whole the two schools of thought on that, and I'm not going to. Um, but you've become his child now. So now we have to deal with the daily messes. And when you make a mess and you refuse to take it to God, that's all he wants to focus on. And you're like, I don't wanna deal with that right now. So let's just talk about this new job I want and I hope you're leading me this way. He goes, I'm sorry, I, no, no, there's a, there's a skunk in the trunk. We gotta deal with this mess. I know that you're really good about just ignoring it and pretending like it's not there, but that's very unhealthy and you're gonna pay a price for that and that hurts me. And so we're not working on anything till we clean that. So when I talk about we gotta confess so he can bless, you know that harmony, that that pleasantness, that closeness, the the fellowship we have, and just his ability to to play with us and walk with us and let us uh, teach us to be like him. That's not going to happen when we're packing a load of sin and shame around with us, trying to compartmentalize and ignore it, because everybody else around you knows it's in there. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Is
0: that? I, I, you know I think um, I think sometimes when you talk confess. Uh, to be blessed. I think sometimes for us as Christians, I don't know, you know, Michael uh, writes a song and, and I know journaling, I've, I've journaled in mm-hmm. the past. I, I try to convince people if you journal, it's, you know, prayer journal. Um, the 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 opportunity to confess or how you confess, I think sometimes uh, for Christians, especially maybe new to the church or, or not quite sure how to do uh, confess your debts, you know, or right, trespasses, right. how I learned it back in the day. Yeah, me too. Um, and, you know, when you, when you sit down, it's like, um, you, you're trying to ask God to forgive things, and how does that? How do you do that? And I think uh, there's different ways. I think obviously through prayer, but I think sometimes we do it through writing. Through, we do it through. Oh yeah. Um, you,
1: you can do it silently. It's yeah. just you can be driving. Correct. I've I've been working on things, and something's completely out of my mind that needs to be dealt with that I'm not even thinking about, or I'm not considering it in that moment as you know. There's times where all of a sudden I realize. This is a sin, isn't it? You know, and it's something that was so minor, say, that I didn't notice before, and as I mature in the Lord, all of a sudden new things pop up, or I hear myself act in a way that I've always acted, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking at it different, going, uh, that's not right, is it? And so I'm going throughout the day, and all of a sudden, I might, I'm, I mean, I might barely even pause, because it's all about the heart, and go, that wasn't right, was it? Yeah. And I do that. Oh, I need to not do that. And, and I know in my heart, sometimes I say I'm sorry. Sometimes I don't say I'm sorry because he knows the heart and I'm confident he does. A lot of times I say, because <laughs> just because this means a lot to me and he knows it, I say, oh, that's part of my insanity, isn't it? Heal me, heal me. And he knows what I mean. Yeah. I see all that sin as insanity because it it causes us to go the direction we know will lose us what we want. It's like the whole, I know what is right and I do what is wrong and I want to do what is wrong or I don't want to do what is wrong, but then I do it, it's, it's that insanity. Yeah. And so a lot of times, that's the way I, I'm driving and that's when I'm thinking about things and something comes I go, oh, that's part of my insanity. Oh, heal me of that too, heal me of that too. And then I'll say, do whatever it takes, I give you permission. And then a little voice in me goes, don't tell him that, don't tell him that. <laughs> For sure. And I go, no, seriously, seriously, I know what I'm getting into. And I, I remember I was just uh, a couple of weeks ago driving coming on to the church. is before I got to those road tracks down there. And it was this whole thing. And I needed to admit something to somebody that, or not admit, but I needed to apologize. I'd been a little short with them. And, and I don't want my pride. My pride's like, oh, shut up. Don't, don't, don't commit to too much. You know, you said you're sorry. And, and I just said, Lord, whatever it takes, heal me of this. So whatever you have to do, whatever humiliation is involved, like I finally realized, just shut up down there. And I said, whatever humiliation is required beyond this to cure me of this, do it. I just put myself in your hands. In that moment, I don't feel uh, that it's necessary to go, and I'm really sorry because my heart is saying you know, and so not that I wouldn't say I'm sorry. It's just that to answer your question, yeah. there's so many
0: different ways to express it, and you know you are expressing it, and he. Knows. And I think I think that's key—the fact that you know—and that that kind of takes us back to one of the comments. Um, and I, I'm going off the notes, so apologize, but I think that's uh, a no? good thing. Says so the words I've spoken to you in spirit, and and uh, they are life. I think sometimes in our prayer life, uh, that trying to listen for God's voice, right? Yeah. So you had prayer pause, and then personalize. Um, The idea you can pray when you're driving, you can pray, you don't, you know, uh, a quiet place is is a great Mm -hmm. place, but it doesn't have to be just a quiet place. Uh, Kind of go into uh, maybe a little bit of, of hearing God's direction, hearing God's voice through prayer, that pause piece. Cause I, I I think that's for a person that loves to talk. I actually love to talk a ton. It's always tough to Pause and listen. Yes. Because I have something really good to say next. But, <laughs> but that pause piece, uh, maybe take through, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that we're going through the Lord's Prayer Guide and I don't want anything to be rote, but maybe through some, some ways that we can sure. pause in our well, prayer. A couple
1: life. Of big ways. Uh, see, that's why I think the, the LPG is so genius because you can, pr- once you have it memorized, and I've started saying, um, at the end, let's memorize together what we personalize alone, yeah. because I realized I wasn't communicating very clearly. I do a whole message on, we don't do this by rote. Now let's just re, you know, <laughs> do it by rote. And, and uh, someone brought that to my attention. I said, oh, you're right. I, I need to communicate better. Let's memorize together what we personalize alone. There's a reason to say it together. But once you have that memorized... Uh, which a lot of us who were raised in church, you know, that's a blessing to us. We just do. We were taught to pray it as a prayer, but here we have a ready-made outline. You can pray it in the car. You can pray it anywhere you want. I often break it up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I'm will i praying the first three pieces, you know, at home, and uh, then I get my cup of coffee, and then I read my Bible a little bit. I do some different things and answer emails, and then I'm driving to church, and okay, I'm going to pick it up, mm-hmm. and you know, just, it, there's no specific way but what it helps is it helps us cover all the things we need to cover on a daily basis and so I think there's two main ways that we pause and I've said that I think listening is an important aspect of prayer Uh, it's probably needs the lion's share of our prayer life and we're raised to think that prayer is talking at because God's silent so you just talk at him and that's praying Mm -hmm. I've grown to see, uh, in, my, in my mind, prayer has two definitions. One is reading his word, because that's where he spoke. So if I want to hear his voice, I need to put his voice inside my heart. You know, he says to Ezekiel, son of man, receive every word I've spoken into your heart and have ears to hear. You know, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Um, wisdom cries out, you want me? Well, then you got to dig for me like treasure, but I will show you all the knowledge of God. So I think just being in his word, which I see as a very, there, and again, I'll split being in his word up because there's the studying and reading commentators and that kind of thing, and like me writing sermons. And, but then there's just reading it to know it. I just want to know the stories. I want to know the people. He wrote this story in here. Now, I don't need to know why. I don't understand this weird thing. I don't need to at this point. But I know I need that, those images in my head. I, I don't know why. Well, we tell our kids to do things. They don't know why. So I'm on a, my goal is to put every story of the Bible. Dad wrote one book. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> He says it's perfect. And if we receive every word into our heart, we'll have ears to hear. So to me, being in his word is just putting his word in my heart. The other way I think we listen to him then is not talking. And I, to me, that's prayer yeah. where I, I and I mean, obviously, there's, I'm I'm not saying talking at him isn't prayer. I'm just saying the things that really are deep prayer to me are the things we overlook. And so my requests are very short today when I said, hey, keep it short and simple. You know, complete yeah. but concise. So who wants to linger over that? A lot of times, we like to just keep
0: going. I, so I, I wrote "healthy," because keeping it short and simple and concise to me is is that I, I put "healthy" and I, I can't recall exactly, but. I love the idea, but concise, is praying complete, specifically. Complete, but concise. Correct.
1: Uh, Ecclesiastes, one translation of, uh, I forget where the verse is. It says, the more the words, the less the meaning. And how does that profit anyone? And so when we have his, the more of his word we have in us, the more able we are to hear his advice then if we go through something like the Lord's Prayer, where you pray a line that Jesus gave us, yeah. forgive us our debts. And I have an understanding of what that debt is. I don't have, I'm not perverting it. It's not like, oh, I lost my salvation and I, it's just, oh, you mean the messes I made that I need to, that I need to expose to you and, and say, I'm sorry, let you clean those up so that we're close again. Um, so I, I say that line, it triggers that moment now I'm quiet and to me, I've just really gone into prayer okay. because I'm listening and the more of his word I have in my heart, the better able he's, he is to speak more clearly yeah. and the more honest I am and open I am and authentic and genuine, it's like those are all the barriers. Just take the barriers down. The barriers are we're not honest with ourselves. Be honest with yourself. We don't give him time. We don't stop and think. Stop and think. We don't know what to even ask him about. The LPG gives us each line. Um, But then I have a hard time really hearing his advice. And I don't know which voices are my family's and his and good advice, bad. Know his word. Take care of the barriers. And wow, you'll be amazed how clearly he can speak.
0: So one of the... If you are willing to text, feel free to text. We're, we're kind of running short on text. But I uh, have one where uh, wiping away our memories of sin. The, I think you said he, he not only wipes away our sin, he wipes uh, his, his memory, memory blank. bank, And then it goes on to the idea that there's consequences still. Um Maybe maybe break that down a little bit of how we can grow from the consequences, but allow that allow us yeah. to be forgiven. Yeah, when forget. he says, he,
1: you know, hey, I'm not going to remember your sins. He's not going to hold them against us once we've confessed Correct. them. Um, they're not going to come between. It's again the parent and the kid with a diaper. Once that diaper's cleaned and thrown away, there's nothing between us now. I'm not going to hold that diaper that's out in the trash yeah. against you. <laughs> um, I'm going to. You humor- did that
0: that one time. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and we're going to play. Uh, now let's take it. Okay, here's a here's a really uh, gross analogy. So let's say the kid made such a mess that it permanently stained the white carpet. Okay, I clean the kid up. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna love you less. I'm gonna try to clean the stain off the carpet, but it ain't coming out. It's there's still gonna be a little stain there. Now, I'm I'm not gonna hold that dirty diaper. I'm not even gonna hold that stain on the carpet against you. But, you know, you're probably going to be teased the older you get because we're not replacing this carpet. And that stain's going to stay there
0: and that's going to become a family joke. And we call that a testimony.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so still, it doesn't affect your love. But you you did. Now, that analogy doesn't work out perfectly because we're dealing with a baby that doesn't know any better. So it'd be more like it'd be more like if the kid knew better and he stuck his hand in and was right, you know, making a picture on the carpet. That would be a better analogy, because then some real forgiveness has to happen. Correct. And, you know, maybe uh, some sort of discipline, but you still clean the mess. So the consequences, we, no one grows without those. You have to have consequences, so he lets us remain. What he wipes away is, is, like I said, that wedge that would otherwise come between us in our relationship. That's not there. He loves us, mm-hmm. but... But whatever, you know, so, so, you know, you have somebody who commits a crime, and then they ask for God's forgiveness. And then they, you know, think, well, now I don't really need to go turn myself in. You yeah. <laughs> no, you really got that one wrong. <laughs> um, you need to uh, be held accountable yeah. and pay the price of the consequences. But
0: um, I think one thing he said near the end, because our dad gave us kids free will, that needs to be patiently nurtured and trained because he's determined to have a family. Especially have you in it. Mm-hmm. And he's made you perfect forever. I think that's that piece of salvation, right? Yep, he's made you a kid. And he's working to make you holy. And talk a little bit uh, more about that process and what he's trying to do ultimately in our, in our lives.
1: Well, with each, with each, again, remember that sin hurts us. And sin hurts the people around us. So when he's wanting to deal with our sin, it isn't like, oh yeah, here comes killjoy God. He wants to rub out anything fun. No, it's just, here comes Dr. Jesus and he wants to get rid of all the cancer. And so that's what sin is. So I've made you my perfect child. Uh, You're riddled with cancer, Mm. but I've made you my perfect child and I couldn't love you more. So can I make you cancer free? yes please he goes okay um can i just do it all at once no we won't let you oh (laughs) okay can we take on a couple and focus on them? yeah yeah okay well you confess those and you hold yourself accountable and you start taking steps and let's cure this cancer and you know that's like each specific sin And, and so he wants us cancer free it's all about progress it's all about growth and process and maturing yeah Um, I think Jesus was probably the only one and maybe will be forever. I don't know what God has planned for the future, uh, that actually achieved, (laughs) you know, 100% uh, cancer freedom, but we know what happened because of it. Uh, you know, he power over death itself and that's where God is taking all of us. It just might not happen this side. Yeah. And we don't know what all happens the other side you know we have such a limited view it's we this is the chapter we're in and we got to do what uh he he instructs us for here and now
0: so it's interesting you talk about this side and we don't all know um just i was sent in i have two off topics is is what this person said uh how old will we be in heaven how old will you be in yeah, heaven? the age we died maybe will we ever be the same age i don't know and then the second part, uh, the second was, uh, will I still be married to my spouse uh, when we both make it home? So those are kind of off topic. It's very um, off
1: topic and they're mm-hmm. un- unbelievably speculative. And we'll close on this because our time's going to be up Sounds here in a couple good. minutes. And so we'll end on just a little bit of speculation. <laughs> it is speculation. And uh, I don't even necessarily, I'm just going to, I'm going to think out loud is all okay. I'm going to do. Um, There's no age in heaven, heaven's an eternity. So I guess when you get to heaven, you'll be eternally old. I don't know, everyone, you know, there's that whole thing like a black hole where everything that enters that black hole enters at the same time every other thing ever entered it. You know, mathematically, whether it's a billion years ago or a billion years from now, they're all entering at the same moment once they pass through that, that gate into eternity. And I like that idea. I've heard okay. that uh, spoken about at funerals. I've touched on it at funerals. Uh, that, you know, when you step into eternity, just by the sheer mathematics of it, you're stepping in the same moment Adam and Eve are, and the same moment the last person who ever lives will. And so it's all, once we get to the other side, you know, the.
0: It goes back to the it is finished, the, the, the tense attempt, the that Jesus used, right, on the cross. Yeah. It is finished. So uh, today you'll be, you know, para- you know, all those
1: right, right
0: time, time, time seems to be very us. relative
1: to, yeah. you know, that scripture I have, I have read the, the scripture is the first place that ever used multidimensionality in yeah. explaining things. There's another dimension and that, that was a concept that God brought in by the word of God that people didn't think in the terms of other dimensions. Yeah. And there's all kinds of dimensions he talks about. Yeah. So when you get to a, you know, let's say you go home to heaven, you go home, and, oh, that's right, it has uh, 45 dimensions of time. There's no possible way we can even begin to speculate what that is like or feel like. Correct. You know, we're caught down here, and we're trapped in three dimensions of space, one dimension of a time. That's all we know.
0: Uh, I think it, we're, we're caught down here also in our understanding of what good is. Yeah. Like, if, if, if the best day is this, what's the best day like in heaven? Well, so far beyond what right. our best day. Exactly.
1: This is just such a shadow of things to right. come. So, therefore, the age that we are here is not a, is not a relative right. thing. Yeah. Uh, go in a room, shut all the lights off, and talk to someone. Now, the two things that are communicating, that's who you really are, if you want to talk about who you are, mm-hmm. that thing, that voice you're hearing, that's, that's what goes to heaven that thing. How old is that thing? Mm-hmm. It never seems to age really because it's not physical. You can't, you know, you you can cut off your arm and that voice is still in that dark room. Mm-hmm. You can cut off your other arm or your legs, that voice is still there. You can have half of your brain removed and it's still there. You could have you could keep that and have a quarter of the other half removed. You could keep those and have that last quarter removed. You could have every piece of you removed at some point. And that you is still there. Yeah. That's the you that's in heaven. It's when we get there, it's then eternal. What's the difference? There's, there's, the, there's the one that goes both directions forever and that's dad. And then there's the us that goes immortal. And, uh, yeah. so, so age is, it, it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, and as far as being married to your spouse, no, you will not be married to your spouse. Jesus says in the resurrection, they're neither given a marriage or taken, you'll be like the angels. And so the answer is no. It'll be so much better. You'll be so much closer. You'll finally go, oh, this is what marriage was trying to accomplish. Look what we have. And then you'll laugh together and go, and we have it with everyone. Yeah. And so you'll look back and go, oh, and I wanted to just limit it to this one person. But now it's just perfect communion and harmony with.
0: And I think that's something, you know, as, as a church, through not giving up meeting together, you know, being in prayer, breaking breaking bread. I think, I think that's something we try really hard uh, to continually to develop down here. Is that um, that closeness of a spousal relationship with, with everyone else, right. knowing that I mean, we can never there, yeah. it will be it, that's just the way it. It'll,
1: it'll I be, think personally, you know. and again, speculation, 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 but I think all of the precious relationships down here yeah. give us one piece of a picture of the completeness up there. So that relationship you have with your children as a loving parent, uh, with your spouse, uh, uh, with your mom and dad, um, with your best friend, what all those great relationships and they're all so different. You take each one, you go, so which one, what are our relationships like in heaven between the angels? Oh! Every, he's, he's broken it all up. Yeah. And it, all of these are a different aspect, but you put all the best of all of those together in one, and then picture having that with everyone simultaneously, and it's kind of like that, only better.
0: Yeah. Well, if Noah were here, he would say it's about time, and uh, so on behalf of Noah and Pastor Bruce, thank you for checking in and staying with the question and answer, and thank you for allowing me thank to be here. Thank you, appreciate you, Pat. So, no worries, thank you.
1: Love you all, we'll see you next week.